0: It's the Redirect Podcast.
1: Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck team.
0: Welcome to episode 29 of the Redirect Podcast. It is Friday, January 12th, 2018. I'm Jason Dodge, founder of Black Truck Media and Marketing. Welcome this week by... Ashley and Patrick from the Black Truck Team, Uh, welcome, gang, to another week of The Redirect. What's going on? So, in the last episode, episode 28, if you all didn't catch it, we dove headfirst into... I don't think it was just... I don't think, to be fair, it was not just predictions of voice search, because you covered that before, Pat, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at you, but... Um, really we went we went pretty deep on what voice search can mean to your, your marketing strategies and stuff for, for 2018 or maybe even beyond and yeah. specifically more or less what verticals yeah, and, you can't and just say types voice of search. products... Yeah, you can't say voice search. It's too yep. vague and too broad. mm-hmm So for those of you who are interested in that, I would say definitely uh, we'll link to that. Shoot back, jump back, and, and listen to the previous episodes. Really good. Um, also touched on Amazon Alexa and potential advertising in that space um, that we're exploring. So lots of talk this past year about the, you know, Google's mobile first indexing. So two big pushes I think that Google made outside of a multitude of other changes in in 2017 were, you know, their machine learning direction that they were going on, like, like Google was going to be driven by machine learning. We very much see that. The other one was their pursuit of making the web a more mobile-friendly space. And there's still a lot of marketers that are left trying to figure out just what exactly that means and what mobile-first indexing means to them and stuff. And and the same goes for a lot of even um, more white-collar corporate, you know, we say the traditional finance, um, uh, finance, insurance, healthcare industries that are, are not really sure about the whole mobile landscape and ah, we see more desktop users on our site than we do mobile but, but that's going to change so um, I wanted to take a moment to kind of break down what more or less it meant about the mobile first index. Uh, I think we've, we've touched on it before maybe in blog posts we've written we've, and, and there's a lot of good industry insights out there from um, there's some good posts on Moz about it, uh, Jennifer Slug at the SEM post has written some really great details about it. Kind of everybody has this what does it mean? Um, but I thought it would be good to break that down uh, a little bit more and just to provide some clarity. So um, it's good to point out that like Google wasn't, was was maintaining a separate index, if you will, of desktop to mobile. So it's more how Google was selecting, um, it, so back up, they weren't, maintaining them it's just more how they were selecting the content that would show so if you're on a mobile device i want to show you mobile content mm-hmm. if you're on a desktop i want to show you desktop content so so it's all based off device type but those of you that have outdated you know sites that have more of that outdated m dot or or the, the mysite.com forward slash mobile you know that we've seen um those are the ones that are going to certainly uh continue to feel the impact of this if they yeah. don't make changes um, so mobile first doesn't mean that mobile it, it, that it's a mobile only index right it's it means that Google's going to recognize that you know the majority share of their searches over 60 it's like 65% of them are done on a mobile device now mm-hmm. so they need to have a search index that's best representative of how those mobile users might like to see and interact with content meaning, I don't wanna see your desktop content if you're running in this old-school model. I wanna see your mobile content because that provides, ding, 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 the best user experience um, for me to interact with it. So if your site doesn't have a mobile-friendly version or isn't responsive, it doesn't mean that you're out of the running, per se. It just means that your chances of having a positive impact in the mobile world, that's gonna diminish over time, right? Um, because we know that Google is going to favor sites that have the positive user experience. So if Pat, if your site has the old school mobile or m.version version versus Ashley's, it's serving up similar relevant content, you know, they're eventually going to find Ashley's more, um, it's going to be better, more better. Right. <laughs> um, it's going to be better over time. And, and, and ultimately, they're going to start to kick yours out of index because they're going to say, hey... The user's having a more positive experience over here. Um, the content's probably really similar, but um, they're going to take that into account and the usability of it, and and start to shuffle, shuffle you know your content right. out. So, um, it's it's really interesting. I think that if. You know, the big question is, well, how does mobile first index affect me, is the question that you have to ask. And so if your site is already responsive and mobile friendly, like our site is, and certainly a lot of our client sites are, um, I, I think that the notion goes that you can keep moving forward and, and you don't need to, you know, be immediately worried about it. I think there's other obvious things to be concerned with, like, is it secure, right? So, hey, we've had this mobile responsive site. This is great. Uh, it's not secure. That should be the next thing on your checklist of mm-hmm. of technical um elements to take care of. Um and these changes are are slowly rolling out, anyways. Like it's it's only gone out to like this isn't a major mobile Geddon event like we mm-hmm. witnessed um, you know, a couple of years ago. Um so we'll post up some notes on what Google's released some new uh, guidelines for mobile-first indexing and kind of what that means and the things that you should be thinking about. Um, but if you don't have a separate desktop version and mobile version, then if you're operating in that space like that, you should be a bit more conf- you know, uh, concerned. I suppose that you know previously a desktop site was probably going to given given a little bit more priority, especially from a marketing perspective. Mm-hmm. That. They viewed that as having more, like, like, higher value, if you will, if that makes sense. Um, it's like the it had the most content. It was more reputable. Um, you know, your mobile site, you want to have that rendered the same. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and so I think that's something that we, you know, you're going to slowly start to see that Um you know, change out and, and affect the SERPs that that we see moving forward. Um, it definitely is
1: going to affect things from a site performance perspective, right? Right. I, I see a lot of that. Uh, there's going to be a big curve on educating site owners too. Mm-hmm. Um, those the old school mindsets that don't get it or say that My my people don't uh, find me for mobile searches, so I don't need to mm-hmm. worry about that. We see that a lot in this industry when. Um, Usually by the time that they get on the phone with us, it might be they're past that point and they're willing to accept. But the outbound cold calls— not saying that that's a practice here, but we've all seen it and have heard those stories, and we know that uh, we often say, well, that's not how our site works. That's not how our business works. We don't right. really do that." Right. Well, it's only going to make it worse. They have a bad site, and now that bad site is only going to get pushed even further and further down. And and I think too, when, if you're looking at analytics
0: data, you know, look look at your Google Analytics data and look in your in your behavior under types of site users and see the mobile to desktop user base. And a lot of times the question is going to go both ways. Of well, we don't. We don't get that much traffic from mobile. Okay, well, there could be reasons
1: for yeah. that. It's not just your yeah. industry. There could be reasons. It's, it's difficult in a client meeting to keep a straight face. <laughs> right, right. When they say, well, we don't have a lot of traffic from mobile, so we're not going to worry about having a mobile site. I just think, like, ah. mm-hmm. uh, okay, mm-hmm. let's move exactly. on to the next
0: subject. Yep, <laughs> yep. And, and the other one, too, is that if they're tracking conversions and goals and events and things like that, uh, well, we don't, you know, not a lot of our mobile users convert. Well, again, if you have a poor mobile experience, you're never gonna be able to move those people through right. that through that funnel, if you will. Right. Um, to get them to convert. So mm-hmm. it's that's kind of a it's not a moot point, it's just one that you need to kind of dissect mm-hmm. and, and better explain to to that. So
2: And who knows how people are doing their research before they convert. They might be researching on one device right, and right. converting on a different device and, and, and work versus <clears throat> home and all of those things. One,
0: so. 100% agree. We know we know that, and if I touch on this in previous episodes, I, I sound like a broken record, but we know that people do not convert typically off of the first visit. I'm sure there's certain demographics that fill that void and will convert off of a... Uh, you know, that first visit, first click, but the majority of the people don't. It doesn't really matter what the, what the product, what the service is. You're, you're doing your research now uh, and that's always happened, but you're doing more research, kind of that you're doing research more than ever before. So they might have found out about your brand from an organic position, but ultimately it was that really highly targeted and relevant ad that closed the deal because they had brand recognition or vice versa they they click on the ad because it was helpful and but they didn't convert at that point but then they came back in a few days later did a search you had a great piece of content that resonated with them ranked well they clicked on it because they had brand recognition yeah <laughs> therefore converted or social ads everything kind of plays
1: into that so so many um, different lines and uh Nuances when it comes to that conversion, you mm-hmm. know, what are you, are you selling a five dollar part for your engine, or are you selling a one point five million dollar yacht? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is a conversion? Is it purchase of that five dollar part, or is it just a contact? Yeah, on that yacht, saying, "Hey, can I get some more information about this?" I agree. You know, there's so many different levels.
0: So as a as a segue off of um, the mobile first index, to you know, we've kind of talked about mobile first index. What does it mean from a usability perspective and making sure that you really are focused. That's like a real big theme or should be a theme of your 2018 strategy is my site performance. Like, I don't wanna say to hell with your content, but God, if your site can't perform worth a damn, like let's get that taken care of first, right? Let's not confuse Google with multiple site maps, Let's not make it super slow. Like Let's find really super efficient ways to make this site work better. Um, Google just announced that the PageSpeed Insights tool has been updated. Mm-hmm. We've relied on that amongst things like Pingdom and a couple other tools out there for you know, site performance. But they're using real-world um, data from Chrome users, from the Chrome User Experience Report. Um, but this is keep in mind this is only for those who experience popular destinations on the web, so um, it's not going to show. I mean, full disclosure Black Truck Media site probably doesn't get enough traffic to pull the real world Mm -hmm. user data. But someone like a search engine land or a Travago or a Facebook or something like that, go to the tool, plug in like a really popular uh, site, and you're going to see. Uh, how pages are now being graded in this, what they call a fast, slow, and average uh, ranking Hmm. from the Chrome user experience report. So fast being like the median value of the metric is the fastest um, third of all pages. Uh, Slow, the median value of the metric is the slowest third of all pages. And average is the middle third of all pages. There's a whole crazy Google, you Hmm. know, explanation of it, of course, but... Um, They're calling things such as um, uh, First Contentful Paint, or FCP, and DOM Content Loaded, DCL. Basically, they're saying if both of those metrics are in our top one-third of their category, the page is considered to be fast. So there's kind of some, certainly some ambiguous, vague Google-isms in there that you have to read
1: through. Yeah, I just glossed over while you were saying that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's that whole notion of this good, medium, or low uh, by by estimating its uh, what what Search Engine Land says its its performance headroom, um, so it's more or less that the calculation assumes that a developer wants to keep the same appearance and functionality of the page kind of through that through that whole side of things. So I think a lot of that has to do with page load distributions. Um, you know what they're calling an interesting thing they're calling it page stats section described uh, as. Round trips required to load a page, so things like you know render blocking resources that we see all the time. So Pat, what are the biggest things that we see? Uh, obviously images. We've we've talked about image optimization all yeah. the time, but like JavaScript render yeah. blocking JavaScript Too and much CSS code. issues. So yeah. um, you know case in point is like you're you you are loading those individually on a plate, uh, on a page when they could be chunked up and blocked mm-hmm. together so that you're not having to load them each and every time. Uh, the, and Google has some really great best practices documentation out there. I feel as if there are a few or a lot of web developers that just get lazy, or we're still in this mindset. Especially, you know, of if we know that a good percentage of websites are developed on WordPress, how many of those are on just poorly performing templates? commercially available themes that are super bloated and and are going to take quite a bit of work to you know to to really get them to optimize from a performance perspective but Mm -hmm. nonetheless people should start to see that um but again if if your site's not getting like a a, a ton of traffic uh from chrome users you're not going to see this uh this green light red light if you will um i'd show you guys on my my site but i use facebook as an example um and and I think they're coming up as uh, they're somewhere in like the average the average range range right now for the sure. desktop version. So um, very interesting to to see that there. I think that plays into um, Pat. I'm gonna kick it your way. I think I know what you're yeah. gonna talk about next. Yeah.
1: So about an hour ago, I discovered that <laughs> we have access to the beta version of Search Console uh, with an asterisk. Um, and you, you guys have heard me talk about it before on here that the upcoming beta on search console and it's a tool i really like to use Mm -hmm. and i think it's a tool that gets uh, overlooked too often it's always talked about but maybe not often used i think it's over i think it's often overlooked by people because they view it as either
0: too technical uh the other side of it is especially from seo's perspective we view it as questionable because we know with other third-party tools that we can compare and contrast on right goods and there's nuances
1: like any tool it's got nuances now that we have that out there move yeah i (laughs) i like the tool i've I've used it a lot and i get a lot of uh, data out of it but i've i've been itching to get my hands on that data and i keep um checking for that little invite in the upper left corner let's try the new beta and i haven't gotten that little invitation to try the new beta um so then I was doing some reading, and I found that uh, last time I spoke about it, I said they were we were going from ninety days to twelve months plus. And now they uh, Google just uh, announced a couple of days ago on January eighth, they put forward that they are officially going to offer sixteen months worth of data. That's awesome. Yeah. So it, you get um, a whole year plus a little extra seasonality in there when you're doing your search. Hmm. So that's pretty great. Yeah. Um, and they also said. Uh, A few months ago, when I talked about it, they had basically shut down beta invitations. They weren't doing that anymore, and they said we are going to go live early 2018. Well, we're early 2018. That's not really a defined metric. Um, (laughs) So um, they have now said they're expanding their beta offerings at greater volumes now. So they're going to push more betas out. I'm like, dang, I still don't get it. And they said, well, the note said... We will let you know via a message if you get invited. And so I went through and I checked all my spam folders and I checked everything and did all the different various forms of uh, Google subject lines, whatever that I could find, and it wasn't there. And then um, logged into our search console and I was like, oh, wait, there's a message section inside search console. I'm going to look on that. And lo and behold, there was an invitation to try... The, the beta on one particular um, account. So our profile, I should say. So inside of our um, search analytics, search console uh, account, we have probably a hundred profiles mm. and they're treating each profile individually. So it's not like the parent. So it's not like our black truck account. All of the accounts. Yeah, yeah, access. Yeah. It's one individual, <clears throat> individual site. Yeah. Individual sites. So um, the one that, uh, we got offered is an active client of ours but it's um mm-hmm. it's a relatively small site yeah, i mean a, it's a in, small in site. comparison with other other right. brands that we work yeah with. i i'm thrilled to get in there and start playing with it yeah but I, I, it would have been neat if it was a a bigger there there was 70 unread messages in that uh in that message <laughs> center and there, it was the, well um, half of them i mean yeah. half of them you know are are they're they're BS messages yeah. anyways. But, right. But right. the
0: point is what you're saying is is uh, in order to get to it, when you go to Search Console, you have to click. It's over in the left sidebar. Yeah. My, my messages, so I think my, it is. Let me, let me um, uh If you click
1: on messages, it's that's where you're going to yeah. find it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I found it in there, and I went in there, and so I only just started playing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't. I wasn't able to get very deep into the different metrics. I do really like the... Um, some of the new tools in there for what was the search analytics in the traditional, the legacy search console in the beta they call it I think search reports. In mm. um, the search reports, it it kind of lines up if you're in the PPC world and you're you're using the the new beta um, PPC accounts. It kind of feels like that. Okay. Not quite as as convoluted. As yeah. The yeah. Current beta adwords but it's it's clean you got it's it, the very same way if you can navigate around through ppc adwords right now it, it feels similar to that um actually and i i had actually stand over my shoulder and we looked at a little bit in here and do that one account because her and i work on that account together um there was one particular keyword that's been leading the charge as <laughs> far as impressions mm-hmm. and clicks go in the last eight, 16 months of data that i had in there and um Looking at the impressions and clicks, we could overlay it, and it was pretty flat, nothing outstanding. But for some reason, um, the average position was just a steady incline the whole way. And, and so, again, I didn't have a lot of time to play with it or figure out why or what was going on with it. Um, I don't have my notes in front of me, and our network is having some some issues right now. So I can't go through and, and play with it and give you the all the fine details on it right now. But um, some of the, the new and improved options in the new beta are going to be... Um, Search performance, index coverage, accelerated mobile page statuses, job postings, a a lot of different things that maybe you were able to find if you do some math and squint your eyes. A lot of Google. Basically, I, I think the way that I got it, too, was there... They're
0: taking and pulling in um, other Google assets. Yeah, so, the, like the job
2: postings. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was
1: yeah. posts
0: in there too? Was Google?
2: I haven't posts seen anything about GMB. Posts. I okay. haven't seen anything
1: about posts, but uh, I gonna. I'd love a, to see it. They pulled GMB stuff in. There's gonna be an API available too that you can plug into things, and I'm mm. uh, Search Console API. And so I'm I'm gonna I'm interested in learning that more. I don't know if that's as simple of like a plugin for your WordPress site or something like that. Probably but,
0: I mean probably not. We know we know that Search Console plays well with things like Google Data Studio mm-hmm. and reporting on that. It's also limited Right, you know, pulling pulling uh, Data Studio or pulling Search Console data into Data Studio, you're you're actually somewhat limited. Right in the data. So right. if there's a way to utilize the
1: API and feed it through, I think that would be more. This um, beneficial. this announcement from Google, one of the biggest pushes they want in the new Search Console is the ability to fix problems. So you've mm-hmm. got the index issues mm-hmm. or any kind like if you've got your 404s out there or something isn't rendering properly, in the issues section. Um, you can tell Google that you fixed it, and they can now validate it a lot more efficiently. Well, so you can say, "Hey, validate this," and they'll and they'll remove it and recrawl it, uh, and you can get those situations nice. dismissed a lot quicker. Because that's their biggest fix, I guess. In the past, there's been too many complaints about um, verifying fixes. The validation process has been mm. cumbersome Coming forever, and now that's been their main focus in the new one. Nice, awesome. Well, I think we're going to completely flip
0: things around, and, you know, so typically in our, in our usual fashion, we don't really know a ton of, of what each of us is going to talk about, but at this one, I kind of front-loaded because there's some pretty big uh, industry news on the, on the social forefront, so I said, hey, Ashley, you know, hey, can you, can you check this one out? So, I, I think... Um, I think this stuff was eventually coming to a head, so I'd love to. Uh, I'm, I'm totally <laughs> throwing it out there for you. Go, go for it. Here we go.
2: <laughs> All right, so a um, few episodes ago, um, Adrian mentioned testing um, that Facebook was doing in other countries um, in which brand and publisher content was relegated to the explore tab rather than showing up on people's feeds as usual. Um, and, of course, at the time, Facebook said there were no current plans to roll this out on a global <laughs> scale, but, of course, we didn't really believe that. It was like that. to Iceland or something, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, it was like Slovakia. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm pretty so, sure I called BS on that. I just want to make sure I throw that out there that I said that was BS.
2: So and Y'all thought I was
0: nuts. Okay,
2: so yesterday, Facebook announced uh, a big change Um and they announced that over the next few months, they'll be making updates to their ranking that will create more meaningful interaction on the Facebook newsfeed. Um, and consequently, I mean, the, these aren't their words, they're mine, um, this is going to have a negative impact on what um, they term um, public content, so posts from businesses, brands, mm-hmm. and media. Um, so as we know, likes, comments, and shares are ranking signals on Facebook. Um, it, you know, if your content gets a lot of this interaction, it signals to Facebook that, you know, this is something that people should see and they, you know, boost it up in the rankings. Okay, so posts, um, that page posts that generate conversation between people will now show higher in newsfeed still. Um, so again just to back up a little bit this change isn't going to relegate these publisher posts brand page posts to the explore tab um like that test um so this is strictly
0: this is in your news feed. this is in your right, news feed. right right right
2: so um real life real life <laughs> you don't have to go to a tab to see these posts, apparently, at least for now, mm-hmm. um, this is that's not a change that Facebook is making. So what this, they're framing it as a way of creating a better experience for Facebook users um, by showing them content from people they care about most at the top of the news feed. Okay, so...
0: That you care about the most or that you interact with?
2: Well, there you go. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, they, I, I'll make sure to link in the show notes to um, Facebook's announcement on their, their newsroom blog and then um, Mark Zuckerberg's post announcing this change. Um, I took a lot of notes on this from various sources. Um,
1: Do you guys ever sort
0: your news feed by most recent... I always I always sort it by most recent. I, I cannot, do too. I cannot stand the. The, I agree. the other format both, of it. both mobile and desktop. It's the same thing sort. with Instagram. You know, we yeah. we talked about it last episode or two episodes ago about mm. you know when they changed their algorithm outline and Twitter even has has uh, a setting like that where it's like the the whole point of it is to see it in in order, right. if I will, you know. Okay. So,
1: but sorry, yeah. no,
2: it's good. So. Um, so Facebook was saying in their announcement, you know, that this publisher content, um, the public content, is again, it's not being taken off of the newsfeed. It will still show up as long as it is generating some kind of interaction that shows that it's meaningful content.
0: So it's not clickbaity, right? Fake right. News.
2: So apparently, they're still going to be combating engagement bait and clickbait. Um, and of course, as part of their, um, these updates, um, they're going to be showing more posts from friends and family on people's news feeds, um, updates that spark conversation. So, um, this could be like a news story that people are sharing Uh with people, um, sharing on their pages. So you could show up from being shared um, by individual users. Um, But Facebook came out and said in their announcement that this update probably means we'll be showing less public content, including videos and other posts from publishers or or businesses. Um, As we make these updates, they said, uh, pages may see their reach, video watch time, and referral traffic decrease. Show me the money. Yeah. So users have the option to choose, you know, if they wanted to, they could select, um, like, see first option to be able to have a, an individual page that they follow if they particularly like hmm. their content or want to be able to keep tabs. You can choose to see that first on your newsfeed, kind of like you can choose with your friends, like, you know. put. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what the terminology is. So people can do that, but if people don't do that, you know, the brands will be demoted on people's news feeds um, to favor Mm. person-to-person content. Um, Yeah, so...
1: I think that sounds really good on the surface.
2: Well, especially because they're framing it. They're framing it as a development to help combat those negative things that have happened because of Facebook in the past year or so. Those negative things that have happened
1: stemmed from paid campaigns...
2: Right. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a really as far as I know.
1: As far as I know. Well,
2: uh, and and fake news. Right. Because that. I mean, not not all of that was.
1: The fake news stemmed from I think fake individual user accounts that shared posts to the correct audiences, and those audiences I think were. The, I, I'm not gonna start
2: well,
1: getting into that one, but right. you know you know where I'm going. Right. I'm trying to say. Well, it. that's
2: one of my reactions was you know if you're gonna see things at the top of your feed that that um, attract the most interaction, well, mm-hmm. does that mean that I'm still going to be seeing posts from my racist uncle at the top of my feed <laughs> right. because people uh, are going to uh, be, you know, piling on in yeah, the comments, you right. know, then I don't think that's going to really make a great experience for me. So. And the
1: reason I asked about the chronological chronological timeline is because my, my user habits, I don't consider myself an average um, internet user because of my profession. Um, I always go default. I always switch to most recent. Does that make it moot? You know, hmm. because it's not the same algorithm. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. time. It's a time-based al- algorithm. Yeah. So I don't interesting. Interesting, and I don't do. You know, maybe is that a poll? How many people out there use Facebook on the default feed or the most recent feed? And I wonder. <clears throat> I didn't
2: see anything about w- whether that option is going to stay or go. May, like, I don't think they can. I don't know if they'll force you to right. have to use this. Well, it's, you know, it's, algorithm, it's
0: certainly it certainly changes the ranking algorithm. Right. right we know that that that's going to determine what posts are visible or not um, and and so instead of the likes and click-throughs and things like that you know the i think the posts have to then originate originate from you the person so back to your original point like like that content from the brand can still come forward and come to light it's almost it's almost like um, let's take for instance linkedin At most brands don't like you don't go to LinkedIn to follow a brand page. You don't necessarily go to Facebook to like purposely follow a brand either, right? Like first and foremost, the reason that social network was created was mm-hmm. was friends, right? Collegiate mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. And it's grown from there. So case in point, we're coming full circle and and Facebook is becoming more social again. Okay. But In LinkedIn the power is to get my network to share my content not my brand to share my content use my social currency get my content shared like if I share uh, the latest episode of the redirect podcast I know and that's a fault of our brand whatever I know that it's probably gonna get more engagement on my personal professional profile than the black truck media LinkedIn Mm -hmm. page um, I think that that that's going to happen in Facebook. That's my prediction. You're going to see more of that social currency using. Mm-hmm. The other side of it, too, and, and Larry Kim made a really good point about it. It's kind of funny how this all lined up. I sat in on a webinar with him and Rand ran Fishkin yesterday. And, and then this article comes out on Inc. And he makes a really good point. These changes don't directly impact ads. Like, the, right. they could have... Right. Uh, You know, an indirect impact on less organic post-reach, which will likely increase the demand of Facebook advertising, thus raise the the advertising prices like we've seen in AdWords. You know, uh, up to recently, you have to admit, as a digital marketer, like, uh, no offense to anybody who claims to be, like, a paid social expert, but you've gotten away with it too long. You have gotten... Cheap leads you've gotten in front of people for an obscenely less amount of money than other means of advertising. It is still, to this date, an extremely cheap, affordable, cost-effective, whatever friggin' buzzword you want to use, way to advertise to users. If that price gets driven up, mm, okay. I've seen a lot of rumbling from, from people that I'm in other groups with that are like, oh, I can't imagine that Facebook would drive brands away. It's not going to drive brands away. Would you, as a social media uh, consultant, advise a brand to leave Facebook based off of the sole fact that they might not show your content all the time now when you're already advertising there and things? No, I would probably say, hey, let's put more money there because maybe I can now cut through the clutter more because there's less crap there.
1: Mm.
0: That's a complete... I mean, that might be an out there statement, but I think it's, it's also asinine to say that I'm going to pull, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive brands away. I don't think it's going to drive brands away. I don't either.
1: I think it's going to ultimately be a win-win. Like I said, it sounds good on the surface and you dig in, there's some question marks, but ultimately it could very well be a win-win. Totally. The junk's going to go away. Um, <clears throat> there's going to be more focus on the good. Um, there's going to be more opportunity for those paid uh, advertisers to have their dollars go to better quality results because mm-hmm. they're reaching a, uh, a less jaded audience, uh, and social users are going to start being more social on there. As far as you know, it's, the three of us in this room—we're all managers on various um, Facebook mm-hmm. admin accounts. But the majority—I'd say—the majority of Facebook users aren't admins of anything. Do you think? Do you think we we saw
0: similar things on on the Twitter front? You know, Twitter's gone through its its. Uh, it's ups and downs, and people talk about oh, Twitter's dead and things like that, and I and I don't think that, I, I, you know, I don't even think that that's the case. Even you know, I think that Twitter hasn't lost as much ground as people
2: hmm.
0: have said. You know, it has. It, are there any stats out there that you've read, Ashley, that show that that Facebook has lost? No. You know, um, because even like. Twitter's remain pretty independent and pretty valuable for publishers and influencers, mm-hmm. right? Um, they've certainly gone through their fair share of issues in the past uh, few years, but they, while they don't have the market share that Facebook does, they're still a power player there. Mm-hmm. So you know all this fake news stuff and gaming of the system has taught these these brands these brands being Facebook Twitter the social media channels that like and Google too right that we have to we have to come up with a solution to not filter this information because we don't want to filter people from it but like as you said get get rid of the uh, engagement baiting and mm-hmm. the click baiting and things like that get rid of that crap and get back to real. Um, good content sharing, because otherwise, you're that's there is no future with that social network.
2: Right. So yeah, uh, going along with that, you know, if you are posting organically, you know, it should be content that can be engaging. So you know, if you want people to see it, it sh- should be something worth sharing that mm-hmm. and that your your followers would would want to share. But yes, also you're going to need to um, you know invest in advertising for sure Um, my concern is are are more pages going to be paying for crappy content you know that is going to be still infecting people's feeds oh
0: yeah Yeah, I mean like the easy way to get around that is to write a better headline that's not that's not um, that's not clickbaity right that can still drive you to garbage brain traffic content
2: mm-hmm.
0: that, you know, I mean, you could still tell that you're still going to get the, it, the, so here's the other thing too. Let's take the other side of it. How many people that you're connected with on Facebook are sharing the, the shitty polls and quizzes, the recipes,
2: <laughs>
0: the name your flavor, the, I mean... You think about it this way, right? Like, at the end of the day, is this really going to affect the majority of crap content? I'm going with no. Because I think that you're still going to get enough people to share that crap. I block a lot of crap.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you do. (laughs) You do. So
0: you've you've created your own filter bubble. That's great. However, I still think that the majority of the however many millions of users we have on Facebook now... I'm sorry, but like, I, I don't think like, you the mo- moms and dads and grandmas of the world that are oh, probably yeah. sharing the, the just the absolute garbage <laughs> and playing I words with friends, a and lot of great like, that's going to get shared.
1: Yeah, there, you're right. There's there's still going to be an influx of the the really low quality bad apples. Um, I think, and to to go back to what you said a minute ago. The will the more people be paying to promote junk content? Uh, I think if they do, which more than likely is yes, they'll have to improve their quality of their the, the promoted content. Right. The the stuff that shows up, like your titles and your descriptions, that will only have to improve. Yeah. And does that lead to? a better user experience on the inside hey, and will it decrease the clicks and they'll be able to start seeing through it. I don't know. But it's, if I'm, but if
0: yeah. I, so to, to play devil's advocate, if I'm running one of those junk network sites, I'm just going to call them that junk network sites. I know what my CPM is, what I'm charging advertise. So I know what I'm making. If my CPM is lower than I'm paying Facebook for that traffic and I'm making more like, I know what my, my profit margin is mm. like, I tweak some titles, some descriptions of my ads, getting it in front of people. Do I care? No. Yeah. They're going to figure the model out, right? Uh, part of me says, why didn't Zuckerberg come right out and say, hey, this is how we're going to combat fake news in 2018
1: yeah. instead of,
0: we're going to make Facebook a better place. Right. No kidding.
1: I miss the Zuckerberg of the social network era. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to that guy? I think he... Um some coaching classes on how to be a better human. Okay, all right, okay.
2: <laughs>
1: so things are gonna get things are gonna get weird.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um,
1: when is this gonna roll out? Th-
2: the official announcement said over the next few months. Ah, okay. Um,
1: another measurable metric. Right, exactly. Twenty eighteen.
2: Um, but then another article that I read. Let's see. Um, I think it was yeah a Digiday article that I read, um, some some publishers had been briefed on these changes before they were, an, a, I guess, announced um, at large. And um, the change... Let's see. I think it was that article. No, I'm not so sure. One of the articles that I read today, because <laughs> I read so many about this, said that the changes could be affecting publishers as quickly as like today good um so th- yeah we'll never know yeah, for yeah sure. it'll be yeah,
1: slowly yeah. slowly weaned no, in No,
0: no and and so i think uh you know so what is your what is your advice then for uh for marketers and brands because i mean i have an opinion but i have an opinion on on everything so what i mean what yeah, is you're, your you're
1: full of great thoughts
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm just fired up all these changes i think these changes are good guys i really do
2: i yeah i think i've Personally, like as a per, like an individual user of Facebook, I've you know kind of been wanting to get away from it to begin with, and it's so funny. I just realized today as I was researching this that like I don't know if I even want to like interact with people on Facebook anymore anyway, and like but this change that you know Facebook is apparently prom- you know promoting. You might see more cats
1: in your feed now. You
2: know, well there we go. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. I so guess. are you so,
0: are you depending on the age? bracket hmm. are you the majority share of that voice that hmm. feels the same way that like I look especially like interns and people like that like I'll look at like how active they are and I can tell you they're they're not active mm-hmm. on there and I wonder if it is because of that like no, I'm friggin annoyed with what I see on mm-hmm. there. you hmm. know it's because they probably yeah. don't filter as heavy like yeah. Pat does.
1: you know that's interesting though because if you go to my, my <clears throat> Facebook page, my personal s- wall or whatever it's called today, um, you'll see that Timeline, I believe timeline is is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is it my be, it is It
2: Used to be Wall It needs to
1: be Wall <laughs> Yeah um, he's, got that, you. he's got that hidden MySpace Yeah, it shows you yeah, how often he use. Um, I post maybe once every two weeks mm-hmm. However I pretty much know everything that's been going on with all my friends because I follow the feed I'm, I'm a, I'm a user in the fact that I'm, I'm, yeah. Call me a lawyer. Like
0: 30% of people are lawyers or something like that.
1: But I, I'm not necessarily, I'll like here and there. I'll, I'll make a few comments here and there, but I'm not, uh, I don't actively go out there and and create my own content on Facebook. However, I ingest a lot of Facebook content. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. As a side note, um, I didn't really get to this, but these changes that are also su- supposed to combat—I'm not saying that you're unhappy, Pat—but <laughs> <laughs> supposed to combat you circle know, of trust, guys. Good it enough. It's supposed to combat those negative feelings that people get from scrolling social media and you know endlessly without having meaningful interaction. How mm-hmm. that's supposed to, supposedly contributing to people being unhappy. Um, this change is apparently supposed to. Facebook. yeah, yeah. So.
1: Uh, Jason, one of your favorite phrases is life hack. Mm-hmm. Here's my Facebook life hack. If you do the chronological feed, the most recent, your stopping point becomes when you see stuff already, that stuff that you've already seen. <laughs> hmm. So yeah. the algorithmic algorithmic, algorithmic version, sure. um, it's always changing, yeah. and you're always looking at different stuff. Whereas if you go on chronological... You know, if you have a looked point. in eight yeah. hours, you know, whatever, you can scroll through the day's stuff in a couple minutes and then you see stuff you already saw. Move on. Good stuff. So
0: I think uh, to wrap that all up, especially on the Facebook side of things, I mean, we know Google's always going to change algorithms. Facebook especially, like, are you going to change the algorithm or are you going to, excuse me, chase the algorithm or are you actually going to, to maybe get smarter and change your right. ways, improve right. the way that you're producing content, the way that you're talking about your brand, being more authentic, being more genuine and intentful with, with what it is that you're doing and moving forward? I'm not saying that's going to future-proof you, but I would assume that, that being more humanistic is going to give you a longer shot at mm-hmm. uh, doing
1: so. so. Yeah. I don't know if you just made that phrase up, chase the algorithm, but I really like it. I think that should be uh, a thing.
0: <laughs> to, be, to be discussed. All right. Well, we certainly have crammed a lot in this. So, um, you know, uh, hopefully hopefully you can, you can take something from that in terms of both the, you know, improving your site performance. Pat touched on a, really, uh, a couple of really great points about the, the new search. So changes coming to Search Console that are available already. Uh, also the, the beta access that people should here and there start to see come out, uh, page speed tests, pay attention to that. And then, uh, um, you know, certainly I, I think we, we have yet to see what's going to happen with, mm-hmm. with all of this Facebook stuff too. So, uh, check out the show notes, make some comments. Uh, we'd love your feedback. Tell us what you think until next time. Good luck. This has been the redirect podcast. Check out the show notes at
1: blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.